Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A. And today, we continue on with our strangest loves of the 80s, part two. Have we not met before, monsieur? I don't think so. Don't forget, Steve, Stuck in the 80s is still, in spite of that last episode, a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to listen to our podcast at the brand new CLNS Media website. You can find it at clnsmedia.com. Steve, did you forget anything? Did you forget anything this week? Yeah, because I noticed a strange hole in the notes here. I want to make sure that we... Uh, do not continue along this journey without the people who uh, brought us here so rightly in the first place. Jen with one N, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me back, guys. Hello. <laughs> Despite all the awkwardness of last week, you're, you've decided to return. Yeah, it was fun. I love, I'm still thinking about vacuuming Brad. <laughs> Nevertheless, she persisted. <laughs> won't, won't shake that image soon. <laughs> so those of you who did not listen to last week's show, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, go back and listen to it. Now that you have part two. So the whole idea here is that it's Valentine's Day season, February, my least favorite month of the year. And um, so Jen last week had this great idea that we're going to do strange loves of the 80s. And so last week we did movies and music that we confessed to having strange love for. Today it's TV shows and food. So that won't be weird at all. No. Two great things that go great together. They do. You're not wrong. (laughs) When do you want a snack? When you watch TV. Exactly. And here's the best part. At the end of this week's show, we will resolve Bootsy Gate. Okay, let's get started. Brad, we're going to start with television topics. Television What was your strange television love of the 80s? Steve, my 80s television strange love, I give you the 1985 anime classic, Robotech. So, Robotech, 
What's the deal with this show? Anybody remember this? No. Nope. So this is my ex- my first exposure to anime, uh, Japanese animation. The first season is on the surface it's sci-fi, which is basically how I started caring about this because it was sci-fi and it had these jets that turned into like little robo man and you all these missiles flying and all this military stuff. You're like, wow, that's amazing. That looks so cool. But it's a show that actually has a story arc. And it turns out what it really was was a soap opera. So I think I can safely say this is the first soap opera that I would race home to watch because I didn't want to miss an episode and see what happened in this love triangle that was slowly developing in this series. Where, where did you watch this? I, I, did, I don't remember I, ever hearing about this. I watched this in my friend Ed's dorm room. Like we would race over there after class. This was my freshman year in college. Huh. It looks kind know. of familiar. I feel like I had a babysitter that might have watched this. It looks for the, it looks so familiar. That's, that's no better. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I can't explain it. I mean, it does make sense. The sci-fi angle is what got me hooked. But then suddenly you find you're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to Rick and Minmay? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is so sweet. It's so uh, yeah. stupid. It's, it's like, how did they get their hooks in me this way? I don't understand it. It's smothered in nerdiness, but it it is totally you. So. Yeah, I know. It really isn't that strange when you get down to it. But the thing that surprises me is how invested we all were in this storyline. Like, we would mock anybody that was any of the girls that we knew that, like, oh, I got to go see what happened on all my children today. And we're like, give me a break. And yet we're racing to get, you know, back to the dorm by three o'clock so we could catch Robotech. (laughs) To watch a cartoon. Yeah, exactly. It's not a cartoon. It's anime. I know. (laughs) Some people would say. Not me. Comic book guy will tell you that. So yeah, so the anime nowadays is a lot, a lot different. My kids watch some just hilarious stuff. There's this whole genre of overly dramatic sports anime. No, never heard of it. There's there's one that my kids watch that's about a basketball team, and like <laughs> every game, there's all these like slow mo shots, and there's people on the teams that have like super basketball powers and stuff. And I just they won't let me be in the room with them when they're watching it because I just make so much fun of it, but. Oh my god! Basically, I'm making fun of myself. It's definitely a thing for sure. Okay, yeah. Jen. I, I just have to say, specific things are so great because my cousin got me turned on to K dramas. If you haven't heard of those, okay. those are Korean dramas, and no. they are they are unabashedly soap operas. But they're awesome because it'll be like these really long storylines and these really you know just they're they're really fun to watch. And then all of a sudden, people just start kung fuing all over the place. <laughs> Awesome! It's awesome. Have they have they dispensed with the uh, with the stereotypical Asian woman, you know, <laughs> and turn her head and walk off stage because they're mad at somebody? No, they're do- usually doing that. They still do that. Really? It's usually oh. it's oh, often good. the women who are chop socking everybody. Yeah. So yeah. so okay. on your show on your show everybody is kung fu fighting. Yeah, between kissing. <laughs> Would you say it's fast as lightning? Because that I'm- sounds a little bit frightening. <laughs> We're bad. Yeah. Let's just move along. Hey, Jen, what is your strange love of television in the 80s? Hey, so this was an easy one for me. And and this is coming from someone who watched a ton of TV because I was like the latchkey kid. I'm an only child. And literally from the age of seven, I literally had a key around my neck to go home. So, oh, um, so No, no, it sounds terrible. It was wonderful. I just watched so much TV. And had a great time doing it. I have no regrets about that, none whatsoever. But one of the things that I loved to watch was a little something which was actually huge. It's right there in the name called Superstation WTBS. 
Superstation Fun Time will be back after these messages. I'm David Allen Jensen. Join Kevin Christopher, meteorologist Dallas Rains, and me for the TBS Evening News tonight on the Superstation, Atlanta's WTBS. Thank you for joining us. Coming up next, it's Atlanta Braves replay against the Montreal Expos, followed by the comedy drama Spitfire. Stay tuned to WTBS, your 24-hour entertainment station. Now, if you hear that music, that swelling, <laughs> dramatic music, and don't feel something, probably we couldn't be friends because... No, it's it's swelling. <laughs> All right, pause. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love this channel. And there was this one summer, it was my eighth grade going into ninth grade summer. And okay. I just watched TV literally <laughs> wake up in the morning, catch Facts of Life on NBC, Facts of Life uh. reruns. And then most of the day would be spent. And sometimes I'd like get up and eat something and like maybe do something else. But the TV was always on. But it was often always on Superstation WTBS because they yeah. had all these great like reruns from the 50s and 60s and then sure. eventually the mm-hmm. 70s but a lot of like 60s just comedy shows which i which my dad used to watch too when he was a kid so we had a lot like it kind of felt nice like it was a sort yeah. of a generational thing that we got to you know talk about Dobie gillis and whatever <laughs> <laughs> i remember that on that show oh my gosh yeah, yeah. yeah but it was i mean it was just a great i, I just loved <clears throat> it so much and then they did that i'm just remembering they did that weird thing where they would start shows at Five minutes past yep. the hour. Yeah. Do you remember yep. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mess with you. To mess Why with did you. they do that? Is it because you couldn't change another show? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. You got like, you hooked in. Yeah, yeah, that was the whole point. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it was oh, to keep yeah. you on their schedule. Yeah. Anyway, it really. So worked. do you know why? Do you know why it was a superstation? Why was it a superstation? Because it was a local broadcaster that was distributed nationally. That's what made it a superstation. There were a couple back then. There was WTBS and WGN were the two big ones. Oh yeah. Do you know what? So you guys know what WGN stands for? No. What, what no, it's just not in Chicago. World's greatest newspaper. It was owned by no. the Chicago Tribune. Huh. Oh, I didn't know that. So, but oh, yeah, I, anyway. I got them both in Florida. That was what you got. Well, they were both on cable. Yeah, they were both on national cable. Right. So the only two baseball teams I followed in Florida at that time, because there were no Florida baseball teams, were Atlanta Braves and Chicago Cubs. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Cubs funny. and Braves. Yeah. So that's I, funny. I grew up a Cubs and a Braves fan. So yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. Crazy. Well, I, I I know we're going light on facts, but I'll throw one in. Uh, TBS Superstation WTBS was the second U.S. cable channel to transmit its programming via satellite. So HBO was the first, and I bet WGN wasn't too far behind. I doubt it, yeah. Yeah. And and how did how did the networks transmit their programming before they used satellites, everybody? Microwaves? <laughs> microwaves, oh, yeah. They used <laughs> microwave links. They're national microwave links, and those networks still exist. If you ever drive by an old phone uh, facility and you see those big things that look like the conch shells, yeah. those are long-haul microwave links. Get oh, wow. out. See, I was making a joke. <laughs> yeah, no, that's how TV used to be transmitted across country. Wow. Cool. I wonder if I really yeah. knew that somehow or if I was just making a dumb joke. It's really hard to tell. 50-50. It's the Parliament Funkadelic uh, effect all over okay. again. Don't even go oh, there. We're not even there yet. We're not there yet. I just want to say <laughs> one more thing and get even more specific than Superstation WTBS, but there was this weird-ass show on there called Down to Earth. Do you okay. guys recall this? It no, was 80- no. Oh my gosh. It was 84 to 87. And it was about this. And I, I don't know who made it. I feel like maybe 
Super, oh no! I think it, it was Superstation's own series. That's why you can only watch it on this <laughs> oh, channel. Okay. But it was about this woman who wh- who uh, was a was born in the twenties, died, and then was relocated back to Earth in present day, which of course was nineteen eighty four to nineteen eighty seven. Oh and she God. like it was terrible, you guys. Even as I watched it and enjoyed it, I was like, this show is so <laughs> bad. Yeah, if, oh. if anyone knows what I'm talking about, please write in and confirm what, a, what an awesome, that, terrible show this was. That sounds oh, crazy. When I saw WTBS come up, the first thing that I thought of, though, I have to say, was Night Tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Night Tracks delivers the best in music video. This hour, we bring you some old and some new. Living in this small town in western Oklahoma, we didn't get MTV. They didn't have MTV there when I left in 1980, I guess, 84. But Night Tracks, every Friday night and Saturday night, I would sit up in my room watching Night Tracks until, uh, basically until they played either Electric Avenue or two other bed videos <laughs> in a row. And then I would turn it off and go to bed. So sometimes oh I was up until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay. Well, there's only way to go with this show, and that's down. And I will do that right now with my pick for my strange TV love of the 80s, which isn't 80s at all. (laughs) Much like Brad's music man from last week's show, I give you Hogan's Heroes. Hogan! (laughs) I know nothing! So, Hogan's Heroes uh, was a TV show that ran from 1965 to 1971. And it starred Bob Crane as Colonel Hogan, who ran like a special ops group from a POW camp in World War II. But it ran endlessly in syndication right up until the mid-80s, at least. And that's where I got to know it. It was funny. It was a funny show. I don't know that it was right to make jokes about World War II and POWs and <laughs> POW camps. Yeah, I don't know if you could make that today, but it wouldn't work yeah. much. But back in it was it was a different time for sure. It was one of those shows that used to come on exactly at seven o'clock every night on syndication. And they would usually show two episodes back to back. And seven o'clock was the time I had to be inside each night from playing outside. Ah. So the windows would be open in the old Spears mansion and I would hear the, <laughs> the familiar theme song Blaring from the windows in the living room. I knew how to- <laughs> so I knew at that time I had about 30 seconds to get indoors or face being grounded. Right. Anyway. I know. It's it's fantastic. So I, I, I It's so catchy. It is. And I, I knew the show really well. It's probably not cool to talk about it anymore. But funny as fate would have it. When I went to college in Gainesville at the University of Florida, there was a submarine sandwich shop in town called Hogan's Heroes. Oh, of course there was. Mm -hmm. And you could go there, and it opened like in the 80s. It actually opened in the 80s, like I think 1982, a few years before I got there. It's still open today. They served like these gigantic submarine sandwiches, like, you know, like at the time, which was like beyond my comfort. Apprehension. Like, like nowadays when you go to New York and you go to like the delis and they serve these sandwiches that you can't possibly eat, 
You know, yeah, it's like a twenty dollars six pound sandwich, right? So, so Hogan's Heroes had those kind of sandwiches, and they were all named after characters in the TV show. So you could go yeah, and get a you could get a Crow Clink, or you could get a Bull Carter, or a, you know, any one of those things. It was kind of far from campus, but I made a point of going there all the time. And if I ever get back to Gainesville, which I haven't been back to like in ten years. My my first stop is gonna be Hogan's Heroes, and uh, I'm gonna order off the old school menu. So that nice. is my uh, that's my uh, guilty strange love of the '80s. That show seemed to always be on, though, right? Like it's not just me. Yeah, yeah. No, it was on a lot. Okay. It was on all the time. And like Werner Klemper, who played the Colonel Clink, and Bob Crane were really good friends in real life. I don't know if you knew that. No. Klemper actually, when he took the job, when he took the role, he's like, I will only take this role if this character never has anything go right for him. I can't, you know, I can't basically in good conscience play this Nazi if he's not going to be just a bumbling coward at all times. Well, a lot of the characters in that TV show had like, their families had some sort of history related to World War II. I yeah. think it might have been the same thing with uh, Sergeant Schultz. Yeah. Right. Some of those families, their families escaped from Germany before the war. Other fam- other actors who were in that that uh, series were were came from Jewish families who obviously, you know, escaped or had to deal with the tragedy that was World War II. So there was yeah. a lot of backstory. I mean, you could write entire books about Hogan's Heroes, but Yeah. Yeah. I bet there are. There probably are. So. Yeah. I got one more fun fact for you. As a kid, and I don't know why we had this, we had a Hogan's Heroes lunchbox. In the oh, house. God. I would kill. For, well, I shouldn't. Was it yours? I don't know where it came from. I, it wasn't mine. I don't think it was bought for me. It was a metal, like an actual metal. Yeah, yeah. Those are classic. Lunchbox. And I don't know if, honestly, I should ask my mom, like, why we had that because I can't understand that one at all. But, yeah. <laughs> Brad, you have broached the uh, topic of food. And so we will pivot from here. Beautiful segue, friend. Strange, oh, strange pivot. love part two is entering the home stretch here. We're going to talk about our, our strange love of food in the eighties. Brad, what is your strange food love of the eighties? Uh, you know, I try to eschew all things uh, artificial, and yet mm. when it comes time to run home to eighties food, mama, I just want me some of that yellow plastic stuff that Taco Bell calls nacho cheese. <laughs> Let's face it. The dollar just isn't what it used to be. That's why people like you and me, we got to be careful to get the most value for our money. That's why I come here, Taco Bell. I can feed my whole family for $5.59. Two tacos, two bean burritos, two tostadas, pintos and cheese, soft drinks. Only $5.59. Like they're saying, Taco Bell. What a meal, what a deal. No kidding. Taco, Taco, Taco Bell. I love that stuff. Yeah. And I can tell you exactly where that started. Back to the drive-in. When I worked at the drive-in, we would sell nachos, right? And the the, the cheese comes in these giant cans. Like this just glop. Like, oh, man. Yeah. So, my sister and I worked at the drive-in together. And we would have contests to see who could make it the spiciest. So you're pouring <laughs> you know, gallons and gallons of jalapeno juice into it. And stuff. Wait, so you both I mean, worked just- at Taco Bell? No, no, we both worked at the drive-in where we made a Taco Bell-like nacho gotcha. cheese gotcha, food gotcha, gotcha. stuff. We didn't have that kind of fancy fast food out in the boons. <laughs> so, but I just, I love this stuff. It is so, it's completely inexplicable. It doesn't taste like anything. It's like eating a melted yellow crayon. It's fantastic. I would have it every day. Yes. I would have it every day. Oh my did God. you have it with something else or did you just like drink it <laughs> with a straw? No. No, with chips. 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 You want chips? Yeah. yeah. 
know, what? like really super fancy, maybe you'd pick up some French fries from McDonald's on your way to Ooh. the drive-in and then have them. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's strange love. I thought maybe you like concocted some strange thing in the kitchen. Oh, no, no. I think just the fact that I crave yellow plastic food is enough. <laughs> let's let's not uh, proclaim ourselves above the law here, Jen, because I can see right ahead of time what your favorite food strange love is of the 80s. So why don't you just go ahead yeah. and confess it? I will. But first, I'll tell you what I was going to say. <laughs> but <laughs> um, no, it, I'll be very quick. I, my, my first impulse was to say McNuggets, because when they first came out, I was obsessed with McNuggets. Like I wanted to eat yeah. them. They're so good, right? I wanted to eat them with every meal. And I like made the system that I still use to this day. So you get, if there's the round pieces and then there's those weird like pointy pieces. The boots. You know? The boots. Yeah, the boots. Yeah. So what I do is I was, a, I'm, was and am a sour, a sweet and sour girl. So I would take the round ones and dip it into the sauce, eat those, and then you take the boot and you can scrape the corners of the of the container. Mm. Delicious. The Italy I'm has so a purpose. Hungry right now. I know. <laughs> talking about these things. So that's not even what I was gonna say because it yeah, thank you. Because it's uh it seems not that strange because they're so amazing. Everybody possibly loves them. What I will mm. say for my strange love food is the combination, the pairing, if you will. I know a lot of foodies listening out there, the pairing of your Cool Ranch Doritos with raspberry New York seltzer water. Whoa. There is nothing better than that. I mean, I, I don't want to judge you, but I'm going to judge you right now. No. no. I don't know. What, what, what part? No. What part? No. I, no, I, no, I don't think that's a good combination. You just confess with plastic cheese. I, mean, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Kind of point. I, I think you're insulting cheese by calling that plastic cheese. I think we ought to call it plastic cheese food. Well, what I love about Cool Ranch Doritos is like, what flavor is it? It's Cool Ranch. <laughs> like, it just is the most made-up marketing thing ever. But it's just oh, you make a good point. So good. It's just the weirdest food, and like, it just gets all over your fingers. It, mm, it's so good. Yeah. And then the combination with the raspberry New York seltzer water just like kind of tones it down because because Cool Ranch is so cool. It's just like crazy in your mouth. And then you put. <laughs> The seltzer water, and it just cools it all down. It literally, they should call that cool New York seltzer water. I, I, but yeah, just the combo is amazing, and I used to eat it pretty much all the time. Cool Ranch Doritos are possibly the greatest food product to come from the 80s. Oh my god! I could if if they were if there was a bowl mm. in front of me of, the, of, of them right in front of me right now, like I would bury my face in it. You know what? I think I can get on board with that declaration with no research whatsoever. It's so good. Let's declare that to be true. The, they are really it's good. It's the single best chip flavoring ever invented for any product. What is it? That's another really good question that Jen raises. <laughs> like, what is cool? I don't ranch? know, but it's, it's good is enough it for like ranch I, dressing? I guess kind with of ranch, but not cool really. It's just it was the best. cool and somehow dusty. It's all over your fingers. <laughs> Nobody doesn't like it, though. I mean, everybody loves Cool Ranch Doritos, but the combination with the raspberry new and, and it has to be specific. The raspberry New York seltzer water. I mean, that I'm mm-hmm. really intrigued. Like, I really want to go out and do this now. Try it. I mean, I, I, <sighs> I yeah, try it. And what's fun is I, I, I was like, I can't remember. I wanted to find out when Cool Ranch came out. It was 1986, which when I heard that date, I was like. That makes sense because all of my friends, like, that's what we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> like, you getting Cool Ranch? Have you tried Cool Ranch? Who's getting Cool Ranch? Do you want a Cool Ranch? I just had Cool Ranch. It was, oh my God. It was, it wasn't just, so maybe it wasn't just my strange love obsession. It, it was all my friends as well. But 
Yeah, that was definitely that's really funny. No, that's great. I love that. Swept the nation. You know, I was really excited a couple of years ago when they brought back taco flavored Doritos. What's is that your go to Dorito? Uh, if they're in the store, I will buy those. Otherwise, yeah. it's, it's nacho cheese. Come on. The retro packaging on those is so amazing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, oh, exactly. before there was a life before Cool Ranch Doritos. Nah. Back when it all was, we had was taco flavor. Taco flavor. And we wore sombreros and ate them. <laughs> and you wore socks that came up to your knees and had stripes on them. Yeah, and really short corduroy shorts. Yeah. Oh God, I'm so now I'm torn. Wow. Hmm. Do I have to save us with my uh Bring us home, Spears. Strange love. I hunger. You're really not gonna like this one at all, I'm telling you right now. My strange love of 80s food can be um, summed up in two words. Are you ready? Yes. Processed meats. <laughs> and that's how I got here. <laughs> Good thing you did. These burgers are great. That's because they're made with Spam. How do you make those? Well, I grilled up some Spam, sliced a tomato, grabbed some cheese and lettuce, and I put it all on a bun. I call it a Spam burger. Wow, I'd sure like another one. But there's none left. More spam! Mmm, more spam! When I was growing up in the 80s, there was a Spears family tradition where my parents would, like, take spam, spam, mm. carve it up and throw it on the barbecue grill with some barbecue sauce. And that was our dinner. Or, if it was a special night, my mom would... um Put it in batter and deep fry it for us. And we have what? Yep. Oh my gosh, that's magical! It is magical. Wow. But um, my mom, in the I, same way that <laughs> still, she still makes, <laughs> in the, she still makes, in the same way that Maleficent is magical, she still makes spam all the time now. Like I'm, I don't live at home anymore, thank God, or at least I don't right now. I might like in a couple of weeks if things don't improve for me. <laughs> <laughs> Epcot Center has this food and wine festival every fall. Mm-hmm. And all the countries have their own little um, food booths. And Hawaii had Spam fried rice. And my mom yeah. said, you will go get me some Spam fried rice. And so I had to go wait in line for 20 minutes to give her Spam fried rice. And not Hawaiian. Ooh, that's boy. just what she's into. Okay, so it's not even, we're not even there yet. Actually, they do eat a lot of Spam in Hawaii. So she also makes this thing on the processed meat scale. She used to always make this for us when her and my dad went on, uh, like, you know, dates or whatever, and the kids stayed home. She would make us this thing called barbecue hot dogs, where she would take hot dogs, cover them with barbecue sauce and Parmesan cheese, and roast them in the oven and serve that to us for dinner. She still makes it today. Was there a jello salad on the side with bananas suspended in it? It's so awful. It's so awful. Whenever she talks about it now, I just get sick. So, it sounds kind of great, I have to admit. It's very salty. Very salty. Yeah, I mean, you, you probably don't want to be eating those every day. But yeah, it's like a bacon-wrapped hot right. dog. Like, a bacon-wrapped hot dog is magical. But if you eat two of them, you're like, oh, my God, what did I right. just do? And then, like, let's let's not even, like, forget to, to broach the subject of the thing that is always most magical to me in the, the world of processed meats. And that is <laughs> the bologna boat. Jen, have you, have you heard about the magic of the bologna boat? I have heard about the magic of the bologna boat. So who, for those of the, you out here who are kind of new to the podcast, the bologna boat, the uninitiated, the bologna boat is something I used to eat in middle school. They used to serve it to us in the middle school cafeteria. It is a slice of bologna with a scoop of um, 
mashed potatoes, and then a slice of cheese. And they would put it in the oven. And when you do, the sides of the bologna curl up to form the facade of a boat. Hmm. Welcome With to Nitrates R Us. How may I help you? And you wonder why I have uh, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, and I'm on death's bed right now. Now, this was like something they did. They didn't serve this every day. Obviously. Oh no, this like, like, like once a month, maybe or. But it yeah. was in the rotation, yeah, it was in the rotation. Right, along with uh, you know beans and cornbread and right. So pizza. tell me, tell me this, Steve. What was the general? Because I, I remember getting lunch, and now my daughter has lunch, and you're like, oh yay, nuggets or whatever. What was the general reaction when it was bologna boat time? Were people psyched or were no, they like? The, mm-hmm. I don't think psych is the word you're looking for. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> were they like? I guess I'll just save my lunch money today well, and buy I mean, popsicles. You didn't, you didn't have a choice. Like in, in middle school, if I recall, you had two choices. There were two lines. You could have, you could have the bologna boat, or you could have the chicken McNuggets. Bologna car. Yeah, but oh. you didn't. You had two choices in high school. <laughs> bologna car. <laughs> you didn't have many choices. Uh, that's the whole point. I mean, middle school, you had two choices. You had choices? No, you didn't. So. That's pretty good. Sure, luxury. We had one choice. <laughs> or home lunch or sack lunch, right? Yeah, or yeah, you could bring your lunch. You know, all this food talk brings me around to something really important. It's a new year, and we're so happy because we're celebrating again with our favorite sponsor. HelloFresh is back with us at Stuck in the 80s again. And I've been a HelloFresh customer since early last year, and it's made a huge difference in my quality of life. I eat healthier. There are no bologna boats offered in HelloFresh, I assure you. I feel better. My doctor loves the numbers he's seeing. And that's because the meals that come to your doorstep are in pre-measured packaging. And they're quick and easy to make. Each meal comes with an illustrated recipe. Most meals can be done in 30 minutes or less. It's perfect for weeknights. If the, if it's the cost you're worried about, don't be. HelloFresh meals are like less than $10 a portion. I always go for the one-pot recipes like the Orzo Italiano with a chicken sausage, tomatoes, and spinach. I had it tonight. Mm. Cleanup is a breeze. Brad, you guys are using it right now, right? Yeah, we are. We had chili last night. It was really good. There's also a 20-minute meal each week if you're in a huge rush. The best thing yet, I know this sounds weird, but HelloFresh makes you a better, more confident cook. That's the side benefit of working regularly with freshest ingredients available to you. Trust me, I can dice a shallot with the best of them now. So join me and Brad as HelloFresh regulars. Just go to HelloFresh.com. Use the promo code RADICAL30. You'll save $30 off your first order. That's HelloFresh.com, promo code RADICAL30. There's nothing strange about our love for HelloFresh. You guys ready for something that's really strange, though? You bet. Mm-hmm. Here we go. The Seggies. Ah, uh, the magical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Hey, we'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for a... What is it, Bad? Is it a boat? It's it's a boat key? It's a... It's, it's a <laughs> bottle of nitrates. Yes. Just take this. Strike me down. No, I just... <laughs> I do love me some nitrates. I, downstairs, I have like a, a four-pack of... Uh, oh, what is it for later? A big thing of MSG and nitrates to put on your breakfast no, cereal in the morning? No, no. no I'm, I'm doing much better. Anyway, pay attention. Here's the clip from last week. That's Tenderness by General Public. This is a great song, Steve. This is it one is. of kind of the iconic songs of the 80s, I think. You betcha. 
So we had some winners. Not as many as there should have been. I know. I'm a little disappointed in you, 80s Nation. Did you lose your keyboards? Cat got your tongue? My cat's asleep in front of the keyboard, so. Cat got your keyboard? That's true. <laughs> Go ahead and read some of the winners. Winners this week include OJ in La Coruna, Spain, Jeff Rox in Indiana, Aaron Shirley in Canada, Dr. Dim. What the heck is Dr. Dim doing knowing popular stuff like this? I'm so ashamed of you. <laughs> Cecil Cahoon, 80s detective, Buckeye Girl, Lou Grilly, Dave Parrott, Tim from Toadsuck, Stephen Ventura, Julie and MC, Alan Titus, Beat Poet Jeff, and Joseph Purdue. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. Ah, yeah, here we go. Our favorite new seggy. I want my mystery TV theme song. Now, this is kind of controversial because... uh, Last time we picked a, a theme song that kind of changes from week to week. And I kind of confess I didn't realize that at the time. Can't know everything. Anyway, here it goes. Pay attention. Here's last week's theme song. Yeah, it's a theme song to Murphy Brown, which I understand actually does change from week to week. So mm. we only had two winners. We apologize for nothing. Yeah, but we congratulate the winners. <laughs> Absolutely, say their names. The names, so their are, names the pride. The names are Brian Pawn and Canuck and Callie. Yay! Okay. Yay! We love you. Okay, Brad, spin the wheel. Here we go. Mm. And the winner is. Brian Pond, you are the winner for this week's mystery swag that will never come to you. But if it does... Never's a long time. Send us your uh, snail mail address via email, and we will uh, shame Brad until he sends you something. And and hope. Never be without hope. Hey, thanks for turning around. You never know. It's just a matter of time. We'll all be singing the Zap theme songs. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery TV theme song. Just how we do it is no mystery. If you know it, email us at podcast at sits.com and tune in next week to find out if you are a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Who on earth? Put the creamy taste of Cool Ranch flavor on a chip. New Cool Ranch flavor Doritos brand tortilla chips. Nacho cheese was just the beginning. Now, taste new Cool Ranch. And we're back. We have a few minutes left. It's time to address Bootsy Gate and Huey Lewis Gate. (sighs) I'm not going to say anyone's at fault here, but if I were... I would say her name <laughs> rhymes with. It's Jen with two N's, guys. It's, it's, it's her fault. 
Hey, we, we, we all have the best intentions when we do these things and we love it actually when you call us out and you know more than we do. And that's, that feels, that makes us feel great. Not down at all. We don't drink more on a Thursday night because, you know, because we feel bad about misleading you because, you know, somebody named that guy in Michigan actually called us out, but, uh, that's okay. anyway, so I got this email this week. Are you ready for it? Steve Spears. You probably heard from many fans about Jen with one end's error in her game on episode 440. Any respectable Huey Lewis in the news fan, and we all are, would have been screaming loudly at the mention of Steph Burns as the band's guitarist. While true, Steph does play live with the band on lead guitar. He has only been with the band since 2001 and has never written songs nor appeared on any of the band's albums of original works. Go on. Uh, He goes on and on. Uh, (laughs) We have um, time limits on the show. Steph Burns does have a lot of song credits, including um, Pablo Cruz, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so let's just get down to the uh, thing here. Jeff basically says Jen is wrong and that Steve should have been declared the winner. Of that no, episode. no, nobody got that wait, one wait, right. Wait, wait, wait. Nobody I got that want, one right. I just want to give Jeff with three Fs. I want to share the information that he okay. Chris Hayes is the original founding member and lead guitarist for Hugh Lewis in the News. He co-wrote many of the biggest hits. Left the band in two thousand. He actually was probably the answer that I should have written. Down. <laughs> But you know what, guys? That's, that's the best name yet, by the way. Yeah, you, you know, well, he says here, Jeff with three Fs, one for Jen with one N's, fail in Asheville. Oh, Ouch. So you know what that said, though, guys? Guys, learning. You know, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's Check not the, the end of things. Ooh, can I read the next one? Yes, please. Okay. We had another letter. Hey, guys, I hate to be that guy, he says, as he is that guy. But Mr. Bootsy Collins played the bass guitar for Parliament Funkadelic, not the drums. Thanks for another great show. Signed, that guy, Joe, in Michigan. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend Jen a little bit here. I am a well-known rules lawyer. When there's a dispute over a game that we're playing, I go to the book and like pull it out and say, well, no, it says you know they do this in this order. So if you go to Parliament Funkadelic and you look at the credits for various albums, Mr. Bootsy Collins often gets a drum credit. So it is not incorrect to say that Bootsy Collins played drums, is credited with playing drums in Parliament Funkadelic. I will agree that he is primarily a bass guitarist, but I'm going to give this one a mostly sort of true answer why would that be brad because i got it right bitch <laughs> okay so okay here, here's i, I have again. to just this is not even in my defense it's just an fyi but i had to rebuild the document from my memory and several texts to my friend mo who helped me put it together before karaoke one night and then i found the original document and it had bootsy collins as the bass player and i just forgot and it just you know it was just a i, re- I sorry guys i mea culpa all is forgiven we move on <laughs> Again, we encourage you send your funny job stories or your sad layoff stories or now your strange love stories about music, movies, TV, or food in the 80s. We will read it in a future podcast. But in the meantime, Brad, myself, and Jen with one N, and Jeff with three Fs, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. 
Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. Strange, strange, strange.